Hey everyone, welcome to Expansion Cast. I am your host, Roger Metz. Expansion Cast is a magical podcast I created so people could find simple or unconventional solutions to expand their personal awareness and experience. It is dedicated toward revealing people's divine truth and how that divine truth works its way into the world one by one, helping liberate each of us on our path to personal sovereignty. And with me today in this studio is Elaine Jagalski. She is uh, a friend of mine who I met through um, experiencing one of her classes, which was about six years ago, and it was an intuitive development class. Elaine is a, an intuitive and a psychic um, a teacher, uh, I think probably a mentor too. But uh, yeah, welcome, Elaine. Thanks, Roger. So today I just want to maybe touch base with what you're doing and maybe how you're helping people expand from maybe some limitations. Well, the focus currently is kind of along the lines of the law of attraction stuff that I think a lot of people are familiar with currently, right? Basically, what you focus on, that's what you tend to create. And... uh, and really looking at that at both ends because some people are really good at blaming themselves so as far as you know if they're creating things that are unpleasant then they can get really mired in that but not also taking responsibility for the 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 things that are on the positive end or what we would consider positive and taking responsibility for that it seems that even for people that aren't necessarily uh, religious it's so ingrained into the fabric of our thinking to a large extent. And so there's kind of still this thinking with, at least among the people that I tend to see, that if bad things happen, then somehow they're being punished. Even if they're not, like I said, even if they're not religious, they're, you know, they're, they're spiritually minded. And if good things happen, it's like they're being gifted. So it still denotes that there's some you know, superior being who's doling out either favors or judgments, as opposed to the role that the individual plays in that process, that that they don't do it alone, and that they're not at the whim or the mercy of some energy that has an agenda for them. Well, okay, I've got a question on that, because... Um, I feel that there isn't an energy, and that energy does have an agenda, but it is our agenda. Exactly. Yeah. So, so if we if we are doing things that we believe are evil or or negative, yeah, we're going to get punished because that's what we expect. Right, and so it, and it gets a little the semantics of it get a little tricky, right? Because mm-hmm. even in the wording of the of the things that you said, and and it's going back to as far as what. You know, when you talked about the agenda that there is, your belief is that there is a, a you know, sort of a larger being entity, whatever you want to refer to that mm-hmm. as, and that it has an agenda of a sort, and it is in response to our our wants. What are our desirings? And so, it there, there you know, there, there, there's a number of factors. There's a number of elements that work with that together, mm-hmm. right? It's not one or the other. And uh, as far as evil, I mean, oh, and I know this is really getting into the whole uh, the earth thing and the whole thing about, well, you know, it's how we, if it's if you judge it, it's just energy. And if you judge it as evil, then it's a negative thing, but it's just an energy. Uh, and so whatever label you put on it, then then that's what it is. But I think the, the, the big thing or the important thing that you said around that was expectation. Mm-hmm. Because expectation precedes whatever the resulting experience is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you got it. If a person expects punishment, yeah. But there are people in the world, seemingly, who are doing what many might judge as evil or bad or mm-hmm. whatever they want to term that as. Seemingly no consequences. 
I mean, we have a lot of, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, so their expectations, these individuals, even though others perceive what they're doing as, well, that, you know, because if they themselves did something like that, it's like, well, then I would get punished for that. However, potentially these individuals have different belief systems. So their expectations result in they can, they can do whatever they want, whatever the other perceptions of people might be. And it's fine. It's just fine. Yeah, it's based on their belief systems exactly. that have been entrenched over years and years. And yeah, it's like the haves and have-nots. Right. You know, the people who have lots of money, they, they, they just, there's no second guessing it. Yeah. You know, and the people who are, who are struggling all the time, they're always like, they're always thinking, oh, I'm broke or I'm poor. It's always, yeah, that, that you belief got system. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It always goes, and it, it does, it always goes back to belief systems, right? And so many of the writings, re- regardless of the, what tradition a person is coming from it really goes back to what's in the mind yeah right and then and then what does that then foster yeah 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 that's that's amazing um so when you go into let's see if we're talking about psychic work and we're talking about entities and beings and all you know these things that that people talk about in other realms do those also tie into that belief system? Like if we believe that there's no no such thing in those realms, there's no other realms, that we're just here and now, are we safe from whatever's in those realms or, or n- never affected by that? Yeah, uh, for sure. Because what happens then is whatever the person's belief systems are, which attributes whether good things happen, bad things happen, neutral things happen, they have some outlet for that. It may have nothing to do with other dimension energies. So in essence, yes, as far as what you're saying, that if they don't believe that there's anything beyond the physical plane or the earth plane, then that's where that's where their scope is. That's where their focus is. And so it's going to be um, sort of trained into a certain area and so yeah they will not then attribute regardless of what's happening energetically they just won't attribute it to any of those kinds of things and which is fine right if i mean if it works for them great if it doesn't well then you know maybe Mm. there's something there that's so it sounds like you're saying those things exist I am, yeah, because mm-hmm. that's part of my belief system, mm-hmm. right? So, so would you say that's an expanded belief system? You know, it, and it's a, it's a good question because, uh, you know, I think on a certain level it is because, uh, you know, when one thinks about expansion, then it's about uh, encompassing more. Mm-hmm. And so from that perspective... Yes, right? Uh, and because, I mean, really, as far as where I come from, for the most part, it's like nothing is out of the realm of possibility. Because it's often interesting, and you probably find this, especially even in your podcasts or just chatting with people, that uh, someone may seem really open to something. And then it's amazing how often, but a person has a line, right? So they'll believe in, oh, who knows what, you know, these kind of beings. But you start talking about, let's say, ETs, and it's like, nope, nope, there's my line. That now you're getting crazy, right? <laughs> but so, so yes, I guess I would say that is, it, it's expanded only from the perspective of because I believe expansion is about encompassing more, mm-hmm. about moving beyond, moving beyond. And so there's more and more that's encompassed uh, or that is part of that. So coming at it from that point of view, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we, we basically um, allow ourselves to open to the possibilities of more things um, coming in and out of our lives and through expansion and, and seeing, I guess, seeing all these other realms and different things that are, that are helping or denying our desires. Well, yeah, the helping or denying, um, again, that's part of the belief systems, right. right, as far as how does one work with that energy, because I think what often happens here is that we still tend to see ourselves as the lesser, and if one does believe in other dimension energies, then somehow they're more. They're more evolved, they're more expansive, they're more something. Mm. They have a different perspective, 
I mean, that is very true. They're on a different plane. They have a different perspective. However, some of them may never, many of them may never have been human. So do they know more about what it's like to be a human? Not necessarily. And so again, not seeing this as lesser, even though it's different. And I really feel, and with a lot of the things that are happening currently is that as human beings, we are being called even more so because based on, I think, our own desirings, and so it's going out there and it's coming back, right, in different forms, to be more of our multidimensional selves in human form. And I think that's always been the possibility and people have explored that. But I think more so than ever, um, there's the opportunity and, and, and just people seem to be, you know, the, the certain groupings tend to be more consciously aware and bringing that energy through. So understanding that as a physical being, bringing in that energy of their other dimensional selves and that part that is connected to all, whatever all might be, however they want to turn that. Because for so, for so long on this planet, um, there's often been an approach that you need to, the, the, the body, you need to control it or you need to, it's, it's the, you need to somehow subjugate it or whatever it might be, as opposed to really thinking of it as part of the whole, right? That it's, 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 it's just as important as the other elements while one is a human on the planet. And so that's a whole other area of interest as far as, because uh, I always like when the technology kind of catches up with the energetics and then you can look even more deeply at what is that relationship, right, between the physical and the energetics and, of course, all those other dimensions that go along with that, the emotional, mental, social, environmental, and so on. Yeah. There's quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if, if anybody's ever taken any of the, uh, you know, dimensions of wellness, right, there's always the different categories that make up uh, mm. the holistic element of things. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's go into, I guess, uh, the psychic realm. Let's go, in, actually, let's, let's go into the energy realm. I find that people, once they start becoming more in tune with their, with their intuitive skills, their psychic skills, uh, their energy starts to become, mag like, they, they start to generate this magnetism. And I believe their energy starts to uh, grow in not just this realm, but in all realms. Um, maybe it doesn't grow. Maybe it's just we're becoming more aware of it. Um, and maybe we can start to manipulate through with our energy. And yeah, I'd just like to talk about how, because I feel like that people that are new on this path get this energy and then they don't feel that they have any responsibilities with it. And then they can go around and they're just like testing it out. And that testing can be against somebody else's will. It could be, you know, when we talk about energy and magic, you know, energy and, and creating or manifesting. There's all sorts of things that I think can happen. <laughs> I have to remember. So, yeah, I'm just, I just have to write two things out because you, you, there's so many things in what you're saying and mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm a little, at times I can be a little bit squirrel. Okay. Now, and then, <laughs> oh, now this other point. So I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, to address a couple of the things that you, that you mentioned. Me too. So I think most importantly is responsibility with energy and, and how, when we're moving into this expanded awareness, how, how, how can we, you know, I guess, what is the responsibility there? Yeah, and, and it's, you know, it's interesting. Um, the first one, and I think you're bang on the money in regard to that it's about awareness as far as, uh, you know, when you're talking about this magnetism and there's this sort of, um, uh, you know, a person's getting a better sense of things. It's not quite your words, but, and I think that does come from the awareness of, again, oneself as a multidimensional being and getting more consciously in touch with that. And that, I think, can make all the difference uh, because then you can start working with it. If you're not just sort of the, the what might previously have been interpreted as the hapless bystander. Things just happen and, you know, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. But more consciously directing and working with 
the energetics of oneself in connection to the energetics of other dimension um, energies and and the the portion of us that remains in other dimension space as well right so this sort of this 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 um, multi perhaps approach to things and the other thing you mentioned was you're talking about will where where you know where's responsibility and this this will not be popular I don't think <laughs> <laughs> however I really I really feel that and like I said this is probably won't be popular with, with a lot of people but uh, what if there were no victims and so, and what I mean by that is I think part of this multidimensionality, part of this conscious awareness is that we're moving beyond the blame that someone else is responsible for my life. Now, there's, there's subtleties here. I am not, we are not meant to do it alone. I really, I, I believe we're connected. We're always connected. We're connected in other dimensions space. We're connected here. What those connections look like may vary. But the responsibility I feel is for the person to understand, based on what I'm experiencing, why am I attuned to that? As opposed to going back to, I was just the hapless bystander and I got hit by the car or I got hit by the energetics. And I don't think that's cutting it to the same extent anymore. And so with this, and it kind of goes back to a previous thing you talked about, um, you know, what are the responsibilities? With this is understanding that I am responsible for what I experience. And that's not to, and I know, I think part of the, the maybe the, uh, why that wouldn't be popular, because it's then it's like, yeah, but doesn't the other person get away with something then? Like, aren't they, if I just focus on, why am I having this experience, uh, especially if I don't like it, <laughs> you know, then because right now it's like, you need to make me feel better. You need to do something so that it's safe for me. You need to do something so that it's better for me. Mm -hmm. And as long as we continue in that vein, life is very challenging because it is not the other part person's responsibility. It's full struggle. Exactly. Now, what happens is if a person takes their own responsibility and says, okay, I don't like, I don't like the, the interaction we're having, mm -hmm. but I love you, right? Because that, that tends to be common. Mm -hmm. And so what, what do I do? What do I do? And so if the person can look at, okay, what is it? What is it that I am labeling about them? What, what, what don't I like about this? Where might this be playing? And it's not straight across. Sometimes this is, there's, if it was, we'd all be just be figuring it out like that. Sometimes it's mired under other layers of stuff of where is this playing out within the relationship of myself that I keep attuning with it, with the others around me, so that I can deal with it. It's, it's meant to, to help with our awareness as opposed to, uh, I call it a course correction. We bump up against something and it's meant to sort of, it's part of the expansion, right? It's like I was heading this way, I was heading you know, northeast at a latitude of 12 degrees or whatever it was. And uh, maybe it's longitude going in that direction. I'm not sure. But uh, and then we come up against something. And what we end up doing often is that the thing we come up against, we insist that that is the direction we have to go. And so this thing, we either need to destroy it. It needs to change. It needs to shift as opposed to well, it's like a bumper car. You bump up against it. It's meant as a course correction mm -hmm. to help continue to increase our awareness and to move us toward what we really desire on the more positive end of things. But like I said, we tend to bump and then we get stuck there. And it's like this thing is now the problem as opposed to, no, 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 just, just, just bumper car it. Just now which direction? Yeah, it becomes like a fight. Yes. It, it becomes, yes. A, yes. That, that's yes. the struggle. Yes. But, and I find, and I found this in, in, I guess in, in many of my moments of expansion, that if I just surrender in that moment and, and allow it to be anything but but my judgment, yes. then it disappears. Exactly. Or, or that, then whatever's inside of me key. moves on. Key, key, key. And mm -hmm. this goes back to the whole, what if there were no victims? Mm -hmm. The judgment is the big one. 
right? There, there's, and so whether the judgment comes across as self-blame or other blame, it's useless. It, it, it has no, nothing ever good comes from judgment and blame. Mm -hmm. right? Well, judgment and victim, they're like in the same palm. And, and you know, the interesting thing is when one is judging or blaming or in, in victim or abuser, because that's, you know, because with our archetypes, that tends to be on the other end of the scale, then it's, it's almost impossible to open to allowing, to receiving that which, you know, the, the, the receiving love or love related, anything within that spectrum. It, mm -hmm. It's, they're kind of counter. One has to get to a place of, as you're saying, um, whatever they want to call that, whether it's surrendering, opening to what is always there for one to receive, right? As opposed to what they think they deserve on the negative end of the spectrum. Yeah. So can you give me an example? Uh, like maybe something that feels really vulnerable? Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the best place it shows up is in relationship. Right. I mean, for you, one of oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I know I'm getting okay. there. I'm getting there. I always preface right. <laughs> uh, so the, one of the best places it shows up is is in personal relationships, right? And so that has happened time and time again in my own um, uh, sort of intimate partnership, and uh, with a per with the person I'm in I, I'm in partnership with currently, and because. Uh, I'm more aware. I mean, it's, I think the opportunity has always been there. It's happened to a certain extent, but we're both quite aware. And so we can often look at uh, when that occurs. And I know every time now, because um, I still want to go into blame. I want to blame him for <laughs> why I'm not happy or limitations. I'm not able, I'm, I'm trying to think of an exact like, if something very, very specific comes to me, I will, I will share that. But mm -hmm. at the moment, uh, it's sort of general. Um, but every time I blame him for, you know, I'm not doing this or this isn't working out, it's his fault. It never is. And the more I stay in that space of blaming him, the worse it gets. It, it just, it never turns out well. As soon as I am able to look at, okay, okay, okay. So what? am I exactly blaming him for? Or my big one is I tend to blame myself. And I often get to intersect with him blaming me. And so we meet in that point of intersection perfectly. It's not pleasant, <laughs> but it's a perfect intersection. Mm -hmm. And once I can step away from that and go, okay, what do I really want here? And so what am I blaming him for my not getting? Usually, in that moment of awareness, because bottom line, I mean, I don't know if there's, there may be another response at times, but bottom line, it always comes down to lovable. Am I lovable? And for most people, that's what it's about. And just above that, one of my favorites for myself personally is not good enough. So, I'm not good enough all over the place. Mm -hmm. And underneath that is then, well, if I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable. And so you can kind of follow it back up the path to not good enough. So what, you know, where is your value? And if you're not feeling that, well, I'm not valuable, right? And so this, what is the circumstance showing? And most often it comes back to, I am not allowing love from my, my, whatever you want to call it, higher self, core essence, from the beings that be, from my partner, mm -hmm. from wherever, however many sources there may be, I have, I have diminished that connection. Mm -hmm. And, and so it goes from there. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. so do, you, do you find, do you find yourself um, exploring the same container, like the same struggle over and over again? Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so yes, there are certain issues that are quite ingrained, um, old patterns. And, um, and, and like I said, for me, it usually comes back to not good enough. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not there, there's a judgment about not enough. I'm not mm -hmm. doing that well enough. I'm not doing whatever it might be. And, and it can be, it can come across as something really, um, like it seems sort of mundane and minuscule, you know, like I, I didn't, I didn't 
fill out that evaluation well enough for that person or or oh I should I have no I probably should have said this or I probably, so it starts off as something like in the grand scheme of things meh you know like mm-hmm. so but it becomes paramount as far as leading back down the road of oh see you know not good enough and then that's the focus and then I get whole, all kinds of other proof that comes along to show me see you're not good enough mm-hmm. You know, look, now you got a speeding ticket. Now you got to see, not good enough. Where am I going to get the money for that? See? And then down it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of like this. I mean, people talk about karma. And it's like we create our own karma. And we create this this energy, like this vortex or something of whatever that it, whatever your thing is. And yeah. jump in. Yeah. 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 And without awareness, we can just keep going and going in this in this circle. You got it. And then the question becomes, why does this keep happening to me? Right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if a person is finding themselves asking, well, why does this keep happening to me? Again, the very wording to me denotes that there is a belief somewhere that you're the hapless bystander, right? That you're the victim mm-hmm. and that someone else has power over what you experience in your life, how you live your life. Mm-hmm. And we do it all the time. We give, mm-hmm. we give our, you know, that whole saying about we give our power away. It's an old saying. It's been yeah. around for ages. And it's true. And, and many people still do that. So a better question would be, how am I creating this? Yeah. 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 And yeah. yeah. And, and to a certain extent, why? Because mm-hmm. then that goes back to, oh, not lovable, not good enough, not deserving, not valuable, you know, or whatever. So some, something in the realm of those is what, what it's going to, going to come back to. And so I, I can do that. How do I go about that? Because I don't like this. <laughs> so. <laughs> so some people I know, like I, I, have, um, I have the odd client who has just cracked. So they've been in so many belief systems and, and so saturated in this, in this, this uh, shell that now that the shell's just cracked. And I, and I find that that's the hardest place to move from. Absolutely. What advice can you give? Well, okay, so part of that, and I, and I do believe it's a very important part, and this goes back to something that was said previously about the physicality, that as human beings, we can't ignore the human part of us, the physical, the physiology, the biology of us. So, and, and, uh, and what's wonderful more currently is that we do have some of the technology that can test some of these things now. So some of the research is showing some interesting things in regard to the brain, belief systems, attitudes, and so on. So what happens when a person has a certain belief system? And I'm, I'm, I'll start with, let's say it's a negative belief system. Again, whatever version of not good enough, not lovable, whatever their thing is, right? Because it can come across in so many different ways in so many different areas of one's life. Mm-hmm. But let's, let's just generally call it a negative belief system. What happens is that where those thoughts, uh, the parts of the brain where those thoughts tend to reside, the so we all have neurons in our brains, nerve cells, mm-hmm. and the neurons have dendrites that grow off of them. And then at the ends of the dendrites are uh, synapses. And, and, and it's, I mean, it's microscopic, but the across the synapses, there's this microscopic gap. And that's where neurochemicals cross and electrical impulses and so on. What happens is that if one thinks negatively, those neurons in those parts of the brain actually grow closer together. Mm. It actually, our brains help us to become more efficient at thinking those kinds of thoughts. So even when something good happens, the go-to is, oh yeah, but just wait, or (laughs) well, that never lasts, or what what version of sayings. And I liken it to... Uh, so let's say a person has sat on the couch for the last five years and they decide that they're going to run a 10 K or that they eventually want to run a marathon, whatever it is. You're not going, when you have that sort of like, Oh, this is what I want to do. Right. Or this is what's going to help me get feel better. Whatever, whatever the motivation or inspiration is. You don't just all of a sudden get off of the couch and run a 10K. You might, but it'll be damaging to your body if you have not been doing anything. So you train and you practice gradually to let the physiology catch up with your initial inspiration to, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. Our, brain, our bodies are built for efficiency. 
So if a person practices and trains, that body will then not burn a calorie more than it has to to run that 10K or to run that marathon or whatever it is. And the brain is the same. We're built for efficiency. So whatever we practice, our physiology gets really efficient at that. So when a person wants to change those old belief systems, which now, like I said, the synapses are closer together. It's our go-to. That's just natural now. It's like going on autopilot. Mm -hmm. So to change that into a different way of thinking, right? Utilizing whether it's different parts of the brain, different neurons. Now we have to build a different highway. And that initial uh, period of time takes practice, training, and effort. And a lot of people get discouraged in there because they've had their epiphany. They've had their awareness. And so they just think that immediately, well, boom, everything's going to be different. Not understanding that we have a physiology to work with. We mm. actually need to retrain the brain. Working with the energetics, working with all of that, but it takes a commitment to focus, redirect, redirect. So eventually these neurons or these synapses, which had grown closer together, they go back to a normal spacing. Meanwhile, we've built a new highway. These new, these new thoughts, now the synapses for those start growing closer together. So even when something bad happens, our go-to is, it's okay, things always work out. There's always a solution. Mm -hmm. I'm all right, right? That becomes the go-to. But that period of time in there for so many people, because I don't think they understand or account for or maybe disregard, minimize the physiology and the role it plays in our overall multidimensionality. Right? Mm -hmm. And so, like I said, mm -hmm. even though that person may have that awareness and it's powerful in the moment, that epiphany, right? Mm -hmm. But then the patterning's still there. And so it becomes very frustrating. And then they think they're doing something wrong. But it just takes constant reader. It, it takes constantly getting off the couch. I'm going for a run today. I don't feel inspired every day to do that, but I'm going to get off the couch and I'm going to walk or run or whatever they're doing. Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the brain. I have to redirect. I have to redirect because I want to go back and sit on the couch. I want to go into autopilot and just, you know, whatever the thoughts were. And so that initial period, like I said, you know, to reiterate, takes conscious effort and redirecting practice and training. Whatever you practice, then that's what will follow. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's just practicing. It's, it's like working out. And a lot of people don't want to work out. Yeah. I mean, we can see that from the stats. Well, you know, and, and in my practice, uh, coaching practice, when I have people come in, when they first come in, I want to see them every week because of this, for this very reason. If they come in every week, at least for a month, all of a sudden changes start happening. Absolutely. And then they have a hope yeah. of keeping those changes. Yeah. And, and this is the thing, and this is great, as far as whatever the modality is. So whatever the person is drawn to with the assistance with making the change, mm -hmm. we do need that assistance to help. Whether it's uh, energy clearings, whether it's opening up meridians, uh, clearing chi, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. Whatever their perspective is, like for that person, whatever they're drawn to for that particular issue at that particular time, we need that support along with the practice, the refocusing, the retraining. And so those things are all important for the clearing, right? And, and the moving into a new way of thinking and of living and of experiencing and so on. So yeah, absolutely. We, we need that support to, mm -hmm. to do that often. Mm -hmm. it, it makes it so much easier and long lasting. Mm -hmm. I am also sometimes my worst... <laughs> enemy because I will have something where I'm so inspired to do something and I'll do it and then I'm like I got to keep this up and then I don't and then a month later I'm like the energy's gone you know and then I'm frustrated and I'm like ah it takes more work yeah. to get it going yeah. again and that's and that is it's so common because often those things as far as whether it's a course correction whether it's a direction it usually comes in some form of inspiration. There's this, ah, but then, yes, we need to uh, keep focusing on that. and keep, Because that initial, ah, 
right? Unless we work with it, then it can it can wane. And it doesn't mean it can't come in some other form. It's just that that particular version of it, yeah, it may kind of dribble out and, and not have the same potential impact. And, and not for people to become frustrated. It's like, oh, I missed it. I missed the boat. That was my one chance. It's like, no, 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 no. It's just now all of those energies and oneself has to find another route. And, mm-hmm. and so, and, and it will be found. It will be found. But it's just, well, okay. So now it's, a, it's another redirection kind of on a larger scale that's occurring. And, and, uh, and, and so it does. It does. It's very common for individuals to have that initial, but not follow up on it. Mm-hmm. Right? So. Exactly. Um, so naturally, I think the next stage in expansion would be tuning into truth, into our personal truth. Would you agree, or do you think there's something more in between? Um, uh, truth. <laughs> well, no, because truth is an interesting. And I'm I'm sort of a words person, right? Because mm-hmm. and part of that comes from you know so. If I am connecting with other other dimension energies, sometimes it's challenging to find words that actually encompass or or um, articulate accurately. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so, truth is an is one of those interesting words, right? It's a it's a big word. We use it a lot, and and so you know, there's a little bit. I'm going to throw this back as far as well. What does that mean? Like what for so for you, what does truth mean? So right? so I, I call it a divine truth. I call it uh, basically this this spark that gives us all our passion, our power, our our reason for being here, all this source, I guess I could call it source, truth, truth that comes from wherever we come from. So when I'm making a decision to ask you on the show, I tune in. And wherever I find this truth in me, wherever I see it register, I tune in and I can see it kind of light up. Basically, I get like a green kind of feeling inside my chest. And then I know that's my truth. If I ask you and I get nothing, then I know it's not right. So that's, I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, I mean, so my translation of that, and this might not be exactly what you're saying, but it's like, yeah, I can get on board with that. Because, I mean, you're really talking about who you are at the core, mm-hmm. right? Which is, yeah. which is, you know, connected and, and, and it's a, so the truth in, in that way is, it's a kind of a big concept, right? It, it encompasses like who you are as a, again, going back to the multidimensional being mm-hmm. and, and functioning from that place, right? Checking in with relative to, do I do this? Do I do that? So yeah, absolutely. Then coming from that perspective, as far as finding one's truth, mm-hmm. right? Definitely, yeah. So how, 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 what's an easy way? What, what's the easy? What's yeah. the easy? What's yeah, the easy truth? yeah. And this isn't that the big question as far as how to do that? And and this this goes back to and this is something that I've always taught in courses, and it's I think it's a really challenging thing to do, uh, again because of judgment, and that is to trust oneself, right? Mm-hmm. Whether they think, well, I'm making that up, or you know, whatever it is, everyone tends to get, when they think about something, there is an initial something that comes to them, a yay or nay uh, or uh, whatever, whatever it might be. It might be more than that. It might be more than a yes, no. When people follow that, right, that initial, then they're learning how to tap into their own kind of guidance system, their own who they are, what their preferences are, and, and going with that. But what people tend to do is judge it, right? They don't trust it. They judge it. No, that can't be right. That's wrong. That's stupid. That seems mean. That seems, I don't know, whatever, right? We have a bazillion things mm-hmm. that we tend to um, you know, ascribe to, to that sense of whatever comes to us. So, you know, and I, like I said, I don't say it lightly because I know it's hard for most of us to trust, but individuals need to trust themselves more. What comes to them um, as opposed to, well, you know, I've got to manage someone else's feelings, so then I need to behave this way because I want this outcome. But first, I need to take care of them over there. So I, it's too convoluted. So instead of just saying, you know what, I want this, I want this, because most people know how they want to feel, even if they don't have all the details, all the specifics, they know that. 
and they need to trust that. So if they're thinking about something and it's like, that doesn't feel good. Well, then they're not going in the right direction. They're not trusting themselves. They're somehow putting some judgment, something else onto that. And so it's as simple and as hard <laughs> or as challenging as trust yourself. Trust mm -hmm. what and how you want to feel. Right, right. Yeah. And you know, I find that when we talk about surrender, you know, when I first started doing the surrender experiment um, just about a year ago, my idea of surrender was to surrender, and it's, some of it still is, but my idea is to surrender into requests from other people. So right now I'm actually doing some renovations at a house, some small renovations out of a request, um, which I actually didn't really want to do, but I'm doing them just because I'm surrendering. And I'm actually enjoying doing it. Weirdly enough, but down deeper, when we talk about truth, surrendering to the truth, surrendering to, oh, I don't want to go for coffee, but this old part of me, this old belief system really enjoys going for coffee, but my truth saying, no, just stay home tonight. And how, you know, that's, that's the ultimate surrender is surrendering to that truth. Right. right. That for me, that's the hardest surrender. It's really easy to surrender to to go help somebody move the fridge or, or whatever it is. Sure, yeah. But to yeah. surrender between my old patterns and this new truth that's speaking to me, that for me, that can be the most difficult surrender there is. And I, and I think that's probably the case for most of us, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think that one of the things to look at in, you know, so if the person is still kind of conflicted, it's like, well, okay, I know this is, or I know I'm feeling this, but I feel I should do this. Or I want to, you know, typically, I, like you're saying, I, I like to go for coffee, but I don't really want to right now. So looking at what what is the part that likes going for the coffee, what did it get from that, right? And But it doesn't want to do it with that person necessarily. Or So how? what's another way to get that? Because there's something about going for the coffee that that person gets out of that, right? Mm -hmm. And so how can that be more congruent with the personal truth? Right? And, and, and so it's a win-win all over the place. Right. And uh, anyways. Well, and, I mean, and sometimes it turns into psychic stuff too because I can, I can still enjoy go for, going for coffee, but at that one moment, maybe that wasn't what was best for me. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, the interesting thing is, is when we follow that, like when yeah. a person actually follows that, it's amazing how often it does work out best for the other party as well. Because who knows, they may have been, I mean, I'm, as an example, they may mm. have been, you know, I haven't seen so-and-so in ages and I want to, you know, I should, I should call them. I should call them. Well, and then, should. oh yeah, right. And then you out of your, sh not just you personally, but, yeah, but anyways, yeah, you know, it, but you out of your should, like, well, you know, I should go because I haven't seen them for a while or they, I, I know they're going through stuff and whatever. So, and your shoulds meet and it's, yeah. You know, yeah, story obligations from old stories. Yeah, yeah, and then chances are you're you're playing out some other old thing from the past, and you know and those nice. If that that's still part of the worn highway, then it's like you get to go there. You get to go down that autopilot road kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. And and it kind of and, and it's fine. It's like if we make those choices, there's a bazillion more choices, right? If one wants to come from the concept of abundance, and and there's always always opportunities. It's like it's okay. But, you know, to more consistently where it really feels okay. I mean, I think that's what most of us want. So I have a friend who is in... And this is a real friend, right? A real this friend. Is, yeah. This is a real friend. I have a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Just one. Um, she's in a relationship with somebody who won't fully connect. So um, every time that he gets his daughter, she basically is not part of that, his world. Um, and she's having a hard time with that. And um, my advice to her was, I mean, I've given her lots of advice, but, but lastly I said, you have to make a decision. Do you want to be in you know, his small circle or, or this, this bubble that he's, he's building or do you want something else? And if you want something else and he's not there for you, you, you have to move on. And she's having a hard time moving on because she's got so many things she likes about him. Mm -hmm. But yet she's still not having her needs met. Right. 
I think for myself personally, if I, you know, so if I'm seeing someone in the intuitive counseling and, and, you know, they came along with something like that, I think the first thing I would encourage them to look at is when, when, so they're, they're saying that, you know, this, this other person isn't committing, then it's useful to go to how does she feel when that is happening? Mm -hmm. So when she's saying he's not committing, then how does she feel? And there's, you know, part of the key is going to be in that mm -hmm. because then she can trace it back to as far as what is the underlying, what's the belief that she gets to experience someone that doesn't want to commit. Most often, once the individual can par it or pare it down to what, what is that? What's the kernel of that? And they have an awareness and they work on uh, shifting that. And there's a lot that goes into shifting that. They don't necessarily experience that anymore. Same person, same scenario, mm -hmm. but they get to attune to a different element of the person and the relationship because that's not a thing for them anymore. Yeah. And so, you know, like I said, the encouragement in those kinds of situations would be, how does that make you feel? And now let's work back from there. Right. Yeah, I've been down that road with her. But she's still stubborn and still won't drop into her own feelings. So, yeah, she's having a hard time. And so then, so then sidelining it into uh, why, right? Mm -hmm. And this, and this says, and, and, I'm, and I'm sure you do this, but as a, you know, as, as someone who's assisting someone else is to really trust the questions, the questions that come, because sometimes to try to get there, uh, you know, you're inspired to ask questions that help the person move past whatever resistance is or the same old line of questioning mm -hmm. or the same old road because they're ready. They're ready. Exactly. It's like, I, I know how to jump over those hurdles and or give the answers that seem appropriate mm -hmm. or whatever. That kind of thing. Yeah, but, uh, and one word that's come to me lately is annihilation. Sometimes it's it's nice to just have that whole thing explode, because when that explosion happens, there's a retrospect that falls into place, and it's like, you know, it's different for every situation. Absolutely. But uh, yeah. sometimes that brings a lot of awareness to True to the struggle that was actually happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or even just just asking the individual or asking oneself. Why do I want to stay stuck? Mm -hmm. Like what? What is? What's the benefit? Yeah, of yeah. staying here, yeah. of staying here, and again, totally encouraging the person to trust themselves as far as what comes to them, right? As far as because something will, mm -hmm. and then then you get you know then working with it from there. Yeah, and, th and then that person has to really believe, accept those words that are coming in, and not just dismiss them. Right. And oh, dismiss. Well, let's go back to the start. Maybe it'll maybe it'll change. Usually, when the person dismisses, though, and again, you may have found this, uh, the response is, "I don't know, I don't know," because the thing that came in, they already they they judged it, they disregarded it. Mm -hmm. That's silly. That can't be. That's that doesn't seem applicable. I don't know. I don't know. So I said, "I don't know," <laughs> and it's okay. Again, if that's what happens, then you know it. it it's it's. I think it's often helpful in those situations then it's, it's, it's allowing the person or encouraging them to give themselves permission to be in, I don't know, mm -hmm. or I don't like how this feels, but I'm here for the moment. It's, it's, and you go, you know, it goes back to the surrendering, even in that moment, even though there isn't a solution that seems uh, visible or consciously aware of, just giving oneself or, or encouraging another to give themselves permission just to go, meh, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm floundering. It's like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. And uh, it's okay to feel messed up or it's okay. I mean, it doesn't feel good, but just to create a space for that creates space for yeah. something, for something rather than push, push, push. And I, I think our society is like push, push, push. We, yes. we have to, we have to do it right away. We have to get it over with oh. right away. We have to move on right away. Oh yeah. Yeah. The move on right away. Oh, that comes up all over the place. You need it now. 
right? Someone passes and it's, uh, it's like, you know, you know, three weeks later, six weeks later, three months later. So are you dating yet? Or yeah, you know, depending on what the relationship was, of course, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like, well, why not? Maybe you should get on a dating site and, you know, get on some antidepressants or, you know, we, we don't allow for the, for the processing, for the, for the working, for it, that it's okay. It's okay to feel. And yeah, that, that's, and that's such a beautiful part of life too. Yeah. 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 It's part of being human. <laughs> Going back to the, you know, sort of the interaction of the phys our, our physiology and yeah. uh, and how that expresses, uh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, is there anything else you'd like to uh, add to this conversation? I can't think of anything unless I get to plug um, courses or anything, you know, that kind of stuff. If uh, not, if that's not part of the, uh, the. You can plug courses. You can talk about yourself all you like. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. fantastic. I know you have some beautiful offerings coming up. I've got, uh, yeah, September 28th, there's a one day small group course in Calgary. There's a couple of spots left, and it's, it's kind of a bespoke intuition course so it's going to be customized for the individuals that are there that day so it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit open-ended at this point and uh and then the other one is october 4th and 5th and that was in lethbridge uh and uh you know i can't even remember the name of it at the moment which is really sad but it's basically about some of the things we've spoken about um moving past those belief systems really tapping into the 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 sort of the powerful energetics of one's core essence and the dynamic sort of interaction energetic connection of those other dimension beings to really start looking at how does one live the life that they desire um, and so and if anyone's interested you know on Facebook if you look at discover you uh, that Facebook page that information is there mm -hmm. um, so or I'm sure they would contact Roger or whatever mm -hmm. <laughs> so, for more information. So two programs coming up, one Calgary, one mm -hmm. day, and Lethbridge is a two-day. Two-day, yeah. Okay. Friday, Saturday. And how well, how else could they get a hold of you, or is Facebook just the place for you? No, no, actually, um, so there's my email, right? So that's E-L-A-I-N-E-J-A at talus.net, or um, you can call 403-328- Four nine five five. That's easy. Yeah, yeah. Email, call. There's a Facebook page. You're available. I am. I am. <laughs> I enjoy that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. This is most enjoyable. It's mm -hmm. a pleasure. And uh, my website is rogermetz.com. And this podcast is Expansion Cast. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.